everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kindest Regards. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am actually recording from Melbourne this week. I'm in Melbourne for work. I actually landed about an hour and a half ago, set myself up in the hotel, put a robe on, and I'm currently quite literally tucked up in bed recording this podcast waiting for room service to be delivered. (laughs) I have a few full days of work in Melbourne this week and then I'm back home, but I thought I'm not going to have time to record the podcast, so stuff it. Let's just do it from Melbourne this week and have a little bit of fun. So I'm tucked up in Melbourne recording this week. So I have a full episode again for you guys today. I did a little bit of a poll on the Kindest Regards pod Instagram just to get another gauge. I love checking in with you guys, knowing exactly what you want to hear from me. And I did a little poll uh, with some options to see what you want to hear. And by the skin of your teeth, it was my relationship. So the first segment, I'm going to chat a little bit more about Thomas and our relationship, how we met, our engagement story, and the development of our relationship, etc. Then I'm going to dive into making friends as an adult, which I think is a really important topic that doesn't get a lot of airtime anywhere. I think it can be a sensitive topic. I think it can be hard, but I do have some sort of friendship ground rules. And I think as I've gotten a little bit older and in probably the last 12 months, I've learned a lot. And then to wrap up, I'm going to chat about creating your own personal brand. Now that doesn't mean an actual brand, but more about some tips to, you know, creating your personal identity and what that sort of looks like in 2022. So stay tuned. Okay, so first topic for the pod this week is my relationship. Now I'm going to try and make this as interesting as possible for you guys. I do get questions about it. Um, I would say I'm fairly open when it comes to talking about my relationship. I think Thomas is probably the more private one out of the two of us, but I do have his permission to talk about our relationship a little bit. So that's good. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I am engaged. Uh, my partner's name's Thomas, Tom, and he's a buyer's agent in Sydney. Um, if you don't know what a buyer's agent is, join the club. I had no idea what a buyer's agent is until I met him. But now that I know, I feel like I see it everywhere and I hear about buyer's agents all the time. Um, they've definitely become more popular and more valuable recently, I would say. Um, you might have heard about what a buyer's agent is on Lux Listings, which is a popular show on Amazon. Um, Simon Cohen is Thomas's boss and Thomas is the general manager and a buyer's agent at Cohen Handler. So that might be how you know what a buyer's agent is. Um, he is 27, so he's a little bit older than me. Um, I'm 24. Uh, we've been together since 2020. Um, so we haven't actually been together too long, only a couple of years. Uh, but when you know, you know, and I think we're probably sick of saying that to people. So many people ask, you know, when did you get engaged? How do you know? I was literally saying this to friends the other night and there's no, way to explain how you just 
know when you know. And we were very ready to make that commitment and it just made sense for us. We met on Hinge. So we are a Hinge success story. (laughs) I know that there are a lot of Hinge nightmares, I guess. I've heard a lot of stories um, about dating apps that are absolutely disastrous, but If it gives you guys any hope, I was on Bumble for a while. I was in a long-term relationship for sort of the, oh, I don't even know, like uh, first part of uni Um, and that lasted a couple of years. And then when that ended, I was absolutely loving being single. It was exactly what I needed. I was able to really, you know, get my confidence back and find myself in those couple of years where I felt like I'd kind of lost myself and my confidence um, earlier. And I was able to get that back. And I felt like when I was ready to commit to another person, I was in a better place and open to the right person that wasn't, you know, the wrong choice for me. And, uh, Tom is very much the right choice for me. Um, I think the reason that we work is where a good amount of similar and different. Um, but I think the main reason is that we have very similar values and we have very similar goals. And I would say that that's probably one of my biggest things that I would say to look out for when you are looking for you know, your person, your your life partner, um, it's so important that your values align and your goals align and you both think that the big things are, you know, the big things that you find are important are the same because, you know, that's what matters at the end of the day is the big stuff, the big things that you value. Um, and also another big thing that I think, I think you can learn this skill, but Weirdly enough, uh, I think we do it well naturally, but we communicate so well in the years that we've been together. We sort of made not not an overt deal, but we don't raise our voices at one another, even when we're mad or frustrated or we have something we want to discuss or a difference of opinion. It's so important to both of us that we are respectful and we don't raise our voices and we speak calmly. And... I think because that's always top of mind when we ever have disagreed. um, We so we don't really fight in that sense. We just sort of have conversations, I guess, about about something that we disagree with or that needs to be talked about. So I think in that sense, we have a very healthy relationship. It feels mature and adult. um, And I don't mind saying that I have been in relationships that aren't like that and where you're kind of feeling like, it's a bit childish and you're, it's, it's a bit toxic. So you do need to find someone where you are able to communicate. You're both on the same page. You both have mutual respect for one another. And I appreciate like respect is for me, respect is earned. It's not something that's freely given and then you lose it. Um, and I felt like since the day that I met him, Thomas has, you know, built trust with me and, has never given me a reason to feel like I can't trust him and we have full respect and transparency with one another and I think that that does lead to open communication so that's I don't know some of the basics that I feel like we've gotten right um and that's probably why 
I don't know. We we were able to make a a good judgment call, like when you're you're compatible in that way, and you're in love with someone, and you know that that person's for you. You're like, why not? Um, I did have people say, you know, when we got engaged, like, you know, why, why? Not not in like a, a mean way, but more just like, how did you know that that was a good decision for you? And Thomas said this once and then said it a million times after when he tried to you know sort of tell people why it was like we were never gonna it was it wasn't when am I gonna propose it was like of course I'm gonna propose like that was it was like a given and I feel like when you know you really do know <laughs> I know it's so lame and when people used to say that to me like oh when you know you know you're like oh my god like kill me if I hear that again but I promise you there is some truth to it it's like a it's a guttural thing it's something you feel like within yourself that you just you know I'll do a little bit of an engagement story just for people who don't know or don't know how we got engaged um I finished uh, it was literally my last day at my old job and sort of I think he'd mentioned it a couple of months prior like why maybe you know on the last day of your job why don't we go to the crown and you know in Barangaroo and have a couple of days to just sort of celebrate the start of a new chapter for you and you know I can't even remember what the guise was but it was it was something along those lines it was very much related to the end of the end of that job and yeah we we went I, I can honestly say in hindsight that I feel like there were some signs that day. He was a little bit funny. Like, I think he was quieter than he normally is, but I didn't really notice it at the time. Um, he sort of said to me that day, like, oh, I'd had a, a coffee on an empty stomach and I'm not feeling 100%. And I was like, oh, no, like, <laughs> like in hindsight, it's so stupid. But I didn't think anything of it at the time. Um, so I didn't I, – I really had – absolutely no idea uh we got to the crown he checked in I was just waiting in the lobby we walked up um something I noticed now looking back on it was he was sort of rummaging through his bag for something when we were walking to the to the door of the hotel room but I really did think he was looking for the key like the hotel key I didn't think anything of it I walk in and it's this massive suite and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like incredible. And there's a huge bunch of lilies, which is my favorite flower. Um, And there's a letter on the table that says Mr. and Mrs. Alp. And we have been to hotels where they have made that mistake before, where they've thought that we were married and we aren't. So I didn't think really anything of that either. Um, And I opened it and it said, will you marry me? And I died I just was in shock I turned around and he was on one knee with the ring and I just I honestly blacked out I have no idea what happened after that I fell to the ground and just like hugged him and cried and oh it was just such a shock and it was such a beautiful moment I've had people say like oh like share the footage of the proposal but like we didn't film it it was very personal and I'm kind of I'm so glad we didn't film it because I don't know it was just it was just meant for the two of us but obviously we did film um later that night that sort of happened late afternoon I rang my family his family and you know we were obviously all like elated and ecstatic and excited and then he was like we're gonna go downstairs and have a dinner just the two of us and I thought that's what we were doing and then when I got downstairs both of our families were 
um, in like a private room in one of the restaurants at the Crown and I was just I've like never cried so much in my life it was just the best day the best moment I would give anything to relive it it went so fast um, and there's so much adrenaline because you're kind of in shock to be honest like I was I couldn't have been more shocked so it all went so quickly and I remember sitting at the table with like our families and Thomas next to me and I remember like looking at him and thinking to myself like this I want to just press pause and like slow this moment down because I know that tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and that that day is going to have been over and I, I can't redo it and it's just I just like didn't want it to end um I have had a lot of a lot of questions um over the last sort of 10 months about my ring uh, my ring was my mother's engagement ring. Um, it's a very, very old Cartier ring. And I grew up looking at it. I was always obsessed with it. I always wanted it to be mine one day. And mum very, very kindly gave it to, to Tom um, for me when he went and asked um, and asked permission. Um, yeah. So uh, apparently a couple of days prior, he went and got the ring off mum Um and he said, I'm going to take it to Cartier to get it cleaned and get a new box for it because obviously the box that she had was so old. Is you know, the, She bought it vintage um, Well, when, when they got engaged, my parents. Um, it was a vintage ring then, so it's obviously very vintage now. Um, it's from the 60s and he wanted to get a new box and you know get it cleaned and all of that and he invited her to come and appara- apparently she was just hysterical. Oh, my room service is here. One moment. <laughs> Sorry for that interruption, guys, Um, but my room service arrived. I didn't order anything hot, so I can keep recording. Um, Yeah, so she was very emotional, obviously. She's giving up a ring she's worn on her finger for 30 years, and I'm her youngest, so I'm sure that that's quite an emotional journey for a mum. But everything about it was just absolutely perfect. Uh, He couldn't have done a better job if I had planned out every moment of it um I'm quite hard to surprise I think I feel like I'm pretty intuitive and I can sort of know when things are coming and I feel like I I I don't know I can pick up different unusual vibes from people so I'm so surprised to this day that I didn't pick up on anything um he'd been planning it for months and I didn't I had no idea so yeah Um, that's our engagement story. Obviously we're getting married next May. So we've been engaged about 10 months. Um, and I, my one piece of advice as well, if you do get engaged, um, it goes so quickly. I wanted originally to get married in October and he said, yeah, like we can, but I, you know, it's, it's going to go so fast. Like, I really think October is going to come around so quickly. Like, and, you know, I remember thinking, okay, like May just seems like so long away, you know, and I, I wanted to either get married in spring or autumn. I didn't want it to be too hot or too cold. Um, so it was kind of late-ish end of the year or, you know, um, after the first quarter of next year. And now I'm so grateful because I can't imagine getting married next month. Um, I'm just really loving being engaged and planning the wedding and having something so exciting to look forward to so I guess my piece of advice is to really enjoy being engaged um you'll be married forever so god willing um so just enjoy being engaged it's such a fun and exciting time to go through with someone else another thing about Thomas and I which sort of shocks a lot of people is we do want to be younger parents so I think kids is definitely um 
part of our foreseeable future. Um, I don't want to put a time on it because I don't we're not, you know, not 100% sure when, but uh, yeah, we both definitely want to be young parents and that, um, yeah, that definitely is a big part of our future for sure. Okay, moving on from romantic love life to our friendship love lives. Um, And I think that we should be just as selective about who we pick to spend the rest of our lives with as we are with our friendships. They are just as important and in some cases for a lot of people even more important, particularly if you're single, your friends and your family are everything. And there should be a lot of emphasis placed on your friends. Um, and who they are and making sure that they add value and you add value to their lives. And I think that probably over the last 12 months, I have become very aware and selective about my friendships. I think that for a while there, I was not as selective. I think I was more, you know, I, I went with the flow a little bit more. The people that were in my life were in my life and then they'd come, they'd go and, you know, whoever s- sort of stuck, stuck. And, you know, I think I, I heard a quote ages ago that was like, you have friends for a reason, a season and forever. And I really believe that that's true. People come into your life for a reason or a season or they stick around. Um, I have developed quite a small-ish circle of friends from different aspects of my life um, that I value dearly and who I absolutely adore. Um, I think that it's as an adult, uh, the days of having a million friends and the energy to give to a million friends and the time to give to a million friends is very much over. I know for me, I don't have the energy or the spare time to dedicate to a million friendships, nor do I want to, because I feel like when you do that, they're a little bit more surface level. You don't have the time um, or, or the mental sort of energy and capacity to give you know, enough to every friendship and I would rather have less, but more valued and more, they have more depth to them. Um, One of the biggest things for me when I'm looking for friendships as an adult is that you are supportive of one another's successes and happy moments. And that seems like a silly, uh, obvious thing, but it's really not. And I don't know if it's a female thing or it's a tall poppy syndrome in Australia, but it, it can be really hard to find friends that are genuinely, authentically happy for you and when things are doing well for you. Um, I know it says more about them than it does about you, but it's incredibly hard when you feel like you have a friend or friends who aren't really happy for you when things, and I, I've spoken to people about this in, in my life, but you know, when I got engaged, I was I'm quite young and you know I was probably one of the first of a lot of my friends to get engaged it's so easy to tell who's really happy for you and who's not it's written all over their face it's it's so so obvious and it can be a really quick way to weed people out and go oh my god like how did I not pick up on this earlier you know our friendship was all about you you were never happy when you know something went well for me whether it's a job or an engagement or any success in your life ever they need to be happy for you and it goes both ways you need to support 
and invest in those people and be happy for them when something amazing happens for them. You know, a rising tide lifts all boats. And I really believe that. And surrounding yourself with people who inspire you and, you know, are, are going places and having, you know, living their best lives is, it's inspiring. I love it. I love spending time with, with people that inspire me. You know, I've, I get inspired by them and they, you know, push me to be better and push me to, you know, have goals. And I love that. So it always blows my mind when, you know, people aren't supportive and invested in their, their friends, happy and successful moments. It, it just sort of blows my mind and it can be a hard lesson to learn, but it's a valuable one because I think it's so important to, take inventory of your friends you know and it's not it's not even a criticism it's not even a a criticism of them it's just you know are you additive to my life am I additive to yours like we need to make sure that we're getting what we need to get out of this friendship and for me um and I think at this time in a lot of people's lives I'm as busy as busy as I remember being and I have probably as not not as much energy as I used to but um you know five years ago when you're 20 and bouncing around um you know my friends are pretty low maintenance and I love that and I like to consider myself to be a low maintenance friend to be honest and I think that I am I don't expect you to text me all the time I don't expect you to call me I don't expect constant communication and they don't expect that from me and you know, some of my closest friends will be like, oh my God, sorry, I forgot to reply. And I do the exact same. It's not personal. We're all busy and we know that we love each other. And if anything was really, you know, you need me, I'm there. And I know that if I need them, they're there. And that's all I need at this point in my life is loyal, honest, you know, supportive friends. And I don't need a million people in my life that take up space. And a high maintenance. That's probably my worst nightmare for friendships at the moment. And that's probably my best piece of advice is finding, finding those close people that you really want to invest time in and that want to invest time in you. Okay. My last segment for this podcast is a bit of a random one and it might be a little bit of a tangent, but bear with me. I've been sort of reflecting on this a little bit and I think it's because I think that my life is made up of a lot of moving parts that don't necessarily, they don't naturally connect, if that makes sense. Um, My career is completely different to my creative pursuits and then, you know, you have a relationship, you have friendships, you have family, you have, there's so many moving parts that I think don't necessarily naturally connect and I've always sort of loved that because you know my my job has nothing to do with you know content creation and you know doing a podcast and doing everything's sort of very separate to one another in in many ways I obviously uh, this podcast is about my life it's about my job it's about my world but it's not you know educational in that sense I'm not teaching you about what I do everything's removed in a little in some ways and I've just been reflecting on how we're encouraged in some ways to be multifaceted and then in other ways there's nothing people love more than pigeonholing people you know it's comfortable and it's easy 
to pigeonhole someone. That's what you do. That's who you are. You fit into that box because it's comfortable for me and that's where I've put you. And that's what I would love for people to not be able to do with me. That's something that I feel is a big part of developing my personal brand and identity. Like everyone's like a walking, you know, everyone's hobbies and relationships and jobs make up that whole person. And I feel like I've been more invested than ever in being multifaceted. I don't want to be one thing. I don't want to be tied to one thing. I love being creative. I love being innovative. I love, you know, doing a bunch of different things. They don't all have to interlace perfectly. And I think in 2022, uh, it was literally the title of a magazine recently. I can't remember if it was like Harper's Bazaar or Vogue or whatever it was. And it had the word like, you know, multifaceted women on the front of it. And I just went like, yes, (laughs) like in some ways we're encouraged to be multifaceted and in other ways it's so easy and comfortable for people to want to pigeonhole someone to to make to make you digestible for other people and i i guess i've just been reflecting on that of how much i love having you know different interests and mixing it up and getting to be creative in one area and strategic in another and logical in this place of my like you know there's so many different areas that you can explore and you shouldn't be forced to conform or try to fit into one specific area you know building your personal brand and your personal identity in 2022 should be more focused on exploring different parts of yourself and don't be frightened to expand your horizons a little bit it's fun and it's meant to be fun and I think You know, there was this part of me that thought, well, does this aspect, you know, this aspect of my life of content creation and podcasting and, you know, having a presence online and TikToking my job and everything like that, like, does that fit with my, you know, what I do for a living? It's fine. It's all good. You can be, you can be all of it all at once. You don't have to be one person and that's you and you can't stray from that path and you know it's exciting and fun that you to to be multifaceted and I guess my one little piece of advice and reflection is you know try and explore ways that you can be multifaceted don't feel like you have to be you know you you've got one thing you're good at and that's what you do and that's who you are you know it's not it's you can be a bunch of different things and you can find a way to have different parts of your life that all make up who you are. And I think that's exciting. And I think your 20s particularly can be a time where you can really explore all those parts of yourself. And that is a part of building your personal brand and who you are for the future. And it's fun and it's exciting and I'm enjoying doing it. And having you guys listen to this podcast is part of me enjoying being multifaceted and getting to discuss all the aspects of my life with you guys. And I encourage you to do the same. It doesn't have to be a podcast, but, you know, get creative, do do something that's out of your comfort zone and, you know, that's a little bit rogue. The moral of this rant, don't let yourself be pigeonholed. <laughs> the word of 2022, multifaceted. Well, that wraps up this episode of the pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. 
I do have to get to this room service at some point and get an early night. I have a very big day tomorrow. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in as always. And please head to the kindest regards pod Instagram to let me know what you thought or any topics that you would love for me to discuss in the future. I love hearing from you guys as always, and I will talk to you guys soon.